Fig Jam Podcast, Episode 4. Hello and welcome to Fig Jam Podcast's Episode 4, Killer Comparisons. I'm Catherine, I'm your host for today's session and today we're talking all things comparison. So when I talk about comparisons, I'm really trying to get at, you know, we compare ourselves to other people, we compare ourselves to situations, we are constantly comparing ourselves to others and other situations to try and get a gauge on where we're at. This is an absolutely normal part of human behavior and human stimulation. So please remember that that's absolutely something that we all inherently do. But what I want to kind of identify throughout this podcast is how we can manipulate that to be really powerful in your self-development journeys. So what we want to do is we want to harness those comparisons and focus on the comparisons that really matter to try and shift our perspective, shift our motivation and really jump on that knowledge that we can create change in our own lives. And and as I talk through some of the stuff around what comparisons do and how they're helpful or unhelpful, I'm hoping that that makes a little bit more sense on where we're actually going here. But I guess as a as a person who works in the community services field, I see this happening all the time. You know, why does this person get this and I don't? Or why is this person eligible for this and I'm not? And so we're always comparing to people who are in our same circumstance or in our same position. But I think the reason why we do this so much is because there is no blueprint to life. A lot of people have these really key stages of development. And if you're interested in that sort of thing, go and look up Eric Erickson. He talks a lot about um, stages of development that aren't dependent on societal norms and working through those stages. So we have this already perceived idea of what we feel we should be doing at certain periods of life, just from people we've watched or things we've observed in the media or things that we hear. Um, So we believe there is this blueprint. Um, But realistically, in Australia anyway, if you go to school, a lot of that blueprintness stops when you finish school. So everyone pretty much, um, with the exception of obviously um, people in harder situations, will often go through primary school, finish primary school, go to high school. And then when they're about 16, 17, 18, however old you are and what state you are when you finish, then that's when things start to get a little bit more messy. Because up until um, we finish school, we're all pretty much on that same trajectory. You know, we're all studying to finish our education. We're all working towards um, our end of school stuff. And then as soon as you finish year 12, there are so many options for where you're going to go. Are you going to go study? Are you going to go work? Are you going to go do this? Are you going to have children? Are you going to get married? And all of those adult influences start coming in. And so that's when our perceptions start to come in. So I just want to preface that it's usually 18 plus when we have this comparison really take hold. And because of that, we haven't really learnt in our not so mature brains how to manage that. And some people, if they're not conscious of those comparisons being a really big thing, then it's not something you're consciously going to address. And that can be really problematic in itself because if you are in a situation and you know that you are comparing yourself or if you're even subconsciously comparing yourself, what that does is it can really 
jump on your inner critic. So a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about negative self-talk and the negative stories and narratives we tell ourselves based on that little voice in our head that is overly critical on what we do. And so when you have comparisons happening in your adult life, generally speaking, that means that you're saying, oh, this person can do this but I can't do that, or I haven't done that, or I'm not up to that, which just gives your inner critic ammunition to start firing away those negative thoughts that just make you feel really inadequate. So what we want to do is we want to be able to identify what types of comparisons are we making in our day-to-day lives? So are we making a comparison on ourselves? Are we, what type are we doing? So I've categorized the types of comparisons that I feel are most prominent in our society into four different levels. So you may compare yourself within your friendship or family unit. That might mean that within your generational unit. So you might compare yourself to, oh, my friend's doing this and I'm doing this. So if your friend is at university and they've just finished and you've still got five years to go, that might be a comparison you make. You also might make comparisons between yourself and your siblings. You also might make comparisons between yourself and your parents. I know that I've done things in the past where I've reflected on um, my parents not attending university and now I have two university qualifications. So using that as almost a comparison when I draw them back to when they were my age. So you absolutely compare yourself within your friendship group and your family unit. And oftentimes, If it's in those contexts, because you often have a really positive relationship with those people, that doesn't fuel fuel the ammo for your inner critic as much as some of the other ones we'll talk about. Now, I do want to highlight that sometimes this can create toxic friendships. So if you are finding yourself comparing yourself to others or she got married first or blah, 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 or I've done this better. That can actually really shape how you interact behaviorally in a context with those people. So be really mindful if you're engaging in this type of comparison that when it comes up, because often it'll come up without you even trying. um, If this type of comparison comes up for you, You want to acknowledge it and say, yep, I'm aware of that and then push it to the side and try to not get it to actually affect what you're doing. Because oftentimes if you then feel um, inadequate or anxious about progressing or anything like that, that you, when you compare yourself to your friends or family, that can breed a lot of resentment, frustration, anger, guilt, whatever it is. And all of those emotions are really toxic to relationships especially if they're not spoken about. And I know that for a lot of people, they aren't comfortable in acknowledging where their limitations are. So, you know, if you've compared yourself and you feel that you're on a lesser level than than the person you've compared yourself to, oftentimes you won't want to admit that to the other person. So trying to acknowledge and reframe those thoughts when you're comparing within your friendship or family group is really important to maintain positive relationships there. So making sure that you're doing that as a first and foremost, because although this type of comparison could be really positive, it also can be really detrimental to the strength of relationships. So be mindful of that one. 
The second type of comparison that we need to acknowledge is comparing yourself within your age bracket. And this one often happens in adult life because there is no roadmap. There is no blueprint for us to follow about how do you be an adult? And so, and everyone's on their different path, which is why this is so problematic. So we talk about comparing yourself within your age bracket. So if I'm, um, cause I'm 24, a lot of people have university degrees and people are starting to think about family, marriage, children, houses, like all of those, um, milestones in their development and being sucked into all of those comparisons can mean that you make really rushed decisions can also mean that you feel as if you're being left behind or you feel as though you aren't, um, meeting the obligations of society in relation to your age. So, which is a really funny phenomenon. I find it really very strange because I've been quite resistant to this one in particular, um, just around, like I I spent my time studying and working and and shortly hoping to do some more um, intensive work. And there's, which means putting off all my milestones for a little bit longer, but the, the idea of, comparing myself within my age bracket, I could compare myself to 20 different 24 year olds. And I can guarantee you, we would all be on a different path. We would all have a different set of expectations and boundaries and roles and, and have different experiences that would shape what we're doing. So this for me feels like a really foreign concept, but it is something that happens. Like how often do you feel when you, um, meet someone who's older than you or younger than you even, and they tell you about their life, how often do you revert to thinking when I was that age or when I am going to be that age, I hope to be doing X, Y, Z. And even if you only say that in your head, I can guarantee you that that thought is running through your head. So even without even noticing, you are running these comparisons. Cause I know I was speaking to an 18 year old the other day and I was thinking, wow, when I was 18, I did not think X, Y, Z. And even though that was a negative comparison on me for not being as aware as this 18-year-old I was speaking to um, was, it was still a comparison nonetheless. So comparing within your age bracket is something that's going to really come up and you need to do the same thing as you do with the friendship and family unit. We need to acknowledge it and push it to the side because when we compare, we're trying to get a gauge on reality. We're trying to get a gauge on where we're sitting in society. And if we're comparing and constantly feeling that we're the negative or even constantly feeling like we're the positive, that's not a true representation of the reality. And it's not actually telling us anything except for where we are in relation to someone else. So we want to have different strategies, which we'll talk about in another podcast around how we can validate what we've done and how we can validate how we're feeling and where we're going. So that comparing yourself within your age bracket is an acknowledgement and move to the side. And then when we talk about reframing in a couple of weeks, we'll be able to discuss how you can then validate where you're at. Um, The third type of comparison I think that happens quite a lot, and this is absolutely a symptom of the system, is comparing yourself to your work colleagues. Now, I just want to say that I work in quite a supportive environment and in a supportive team, and we have a framework that we all work under that promotes uh, no hierarchy. So there shouldn't be any hierarchy that exists at any point in our organization. It almost argues that everyone is equal, um, but that we all 
do different jobs essentially. So in that kind of context, what we're trying to do, like it just doesn't work. When we have this, you know, difference in no hierarchy where we normally would expect a hierarchy within the system, obviously, you know, when you look at organizations and you look at um, how things work, there's often a hierarchy of, you know, there's a boss and there's a manager and then there's the workers and, and everyone's very separate and everyone manages each other. So in the absence of that, because the organization I work for has attempted to break that down, and which is an amazing step, and also try to have everyone on the same level but doing different roles, what it's then created is that people within the organization have started to try and recreate that hierarchy. So even if you work in a place that doesn't have a hierarchy, you will often compare yourself to the people above you in the hierarchy, to the people below you in the hierarchy, to try and work out where you're sitting in the greater scheme of things. So even though I work in a place that doesn't have a hierarchy, I still do this comparison. And I would argue that if you work in that traditional model where you have a boss and a manager and all of those people in between, if you work in that kind of context, you will absolutely have this comparison happening. What? Why did they get that promotion over me? Why did I not... Um, like, why did I not, why was I not eligible? Why is this person getting better shifts than me? Why is that person getting better shifts than me? So you are constantly going to compare yourself to them and you'll come up with excuses. So if you're asking yourself, why did that person get more shifts than me? Oh, it's because that they're friends with the manager or because they're doing a better job. What am I doing that's bad? I'm doing X, Y, Z. So then you're already talking really down on yourself just because of something you've observed in the workplace because you're comparing yourself with your colleagues. So be really, really careful with this one because a lot of the time it's not going to be true. And as a manager myself, I can identify that, you know, I will often make choices on staff, not because of who the staff member is, but because of availability or because of resources or whatever. And it has nothing to do with, um, people themselves. So be really mindful about comparing yourself with your work colleagues. I've often found that this one also can be really detrimental if you're one of those people who um, have a real challenge with embracing colleagues who are younger than you. Um, I've seen a lot of people really grapple in my teams with working alongside me as a colleague because of my age. So be really mindful that if that's you, that's something we probably need to work on and how that comparison is presenting in your life because oftentimes when people grapple with that it's because they're not comfortable with the fact of of what they're hearing in their what their inner critic is repeating back to them based on what those comparisons are now the first three we've spoken about so comparing within your friendship family unit age bracket with your work colleagues are all quite challenging comparisons and they often don't offer any help to your situation and they don't often help you in reshaping your life for the better or anything like that. A lot of them are really negative and just give your inner critic that ammunition to be able to harness and, you know, um, really come down hard on what they want to talk about. So, which, you know, and as we spoke about in the last podcast, it contributes a lot to anxiety and depression and there's a lot of physiological symptoms that we want to kind of avoid. So, my last type of comparison, and I actually feel this is a really powerful transformative tool, and I'll talk a little bit about why I think that, is comparing yourself with yourself. 
Now, there are a number of ways that you can actually do this. So comparing yourself with yourself is a way for you to gauge where you're at based on where you've been. It ignores the others in your life as far as comparisons go, and it really asks you to self-reflect and self-identify what your goals, aspirations, dreams are. So rather than you working out, you know, um, what your friends are doing and where you're sitting in that, which sometimes has no bearing on it. Like if your friend's studying business or it has, it works in the business world and you're in education, that is not aligned. There are totally two different pathways. It's like comparing apples and oranges. We just can't do it. Um, but comparing yourself with yourself, I think is a really powerful tool. And I often use this in a couple of ways. So the first way I'd use this is comparing my current self to my past self. So if I look at where I was at, um, six months ago, a year ago, two years ago, however long I want to go back, um, or even to yesterday, where was I at yesterday and what have I done and where am I at today or where was I last week? You can do short timeframes too. That type of comparison can be really empowering and can often shift you towards a bit of a strengths-based approach. And I will talk about my approaches a little bit um, in another context, um, just because it's too big to come through here. So when we talk about comparing yourself with your past self, you actually be able to identify where you've come through some really big challenges in your life and overcome them and then been able to implement some really good change for yourself. So, um, or you, where you've actually had a moment where you identified, yes, actually I want to change my path to be this. And I've made that decision. Um, and now I'm at the end of that. So a really good example of this is a couple of years ago, I was finishing my undergraduate degree and I, um, was working in the out-of-home care space in, um, child protection. And I decided, you know, I don't actually want to be a teacher straight away. I think I will want to increase my skill set in the social services, human services world, um, I'm going to enroll in a master's of social work. Um, and so when I compare myself to that person back then, who was kind of very conscious, self-conscious, very, um, scared, I guess is probably a good word of what the social work world looked like to me now where I'm, um, two to three months out from graduating that qualification, um, I, I can see a really big shift in my learning development and passion towards the industry, as well as my understanding of what, um, has happened. So the fear has gone because I was very afraid of the unknown and, and the context that I would be working in as well as, um, and I've just had a really empowering journey throughout that time of, um, some of the learnings I had and some of the experiences that have been offered to me throughout my university qualification has been really pivotal in my development. So reflecting on my decisions back then and my personality type and my, um, you know, persona, I guess, as a whole, two years ago to now is even such a huge shift to where I was. And so I think I've actually found that that comparison has been really, really um, helpful in my self-esteem development, my self-confidence and all of those sort of things. So that in itself is a really powerful tools. So if you are struggling with some other comparisons, try to avoid or acknowledge and brush aside the comparisons that exist with people outside. And by outside, I mean anyone that's not just you. Um, and then try and do some of those comparisons within yourself. So then the other type of comparison 
that I often think about within myself, and you will have heard this question a bazillion times, I have no doubt, is your future self. So, so we have your past self, and then we also have future self. So what are we looking for in our future self? So you might think, okay, by this point next week, I want to be here. This point next year, I want to be here. This point in the next five years, I want to be here. And a lot of that has a lot of stake in some really big counseling theories, which are really, really helpful. So comparing yourself with yourself in relation to your future can be really powerful in um, working towards that. So I don't know if um, any of you have heard of manifesting, but that is a really big principle of manifesting as well as believing in the universe will carry a lot of the load. But a huge proportion of manifesting is looking at your future self and working out where you're going to be. And a lot of that is how are you going to get there? Because you, you can have a really huge dream, but if you don't know how to get there, you're not going to get there. So comparing yourself with your future self keeps you on track and keeps you working towards your goals and aspirations. So I find that a really powerful tool too. I probably don't use that as much as my past one, but I do think that both of them have really great um outcomes that are really, really helpful if you are struggling with comparisons or you're wanting to be more empowered or more stable or more um, receptive to your own self-development and self-growth rather than relying on extrinsic um, factors that aren't necessarily going to add into your life. So I guess as a whole, are comparisons helpful? This is such a question that I ask myself all the time because I think that in a way comparisons are helpful and I think you know playing a bit of devil's advocate I know I said with those first three so the work colleagues um, family and friends and your age bracket that you need to acknowledge and put them aside and I think sometimes that is really important but if I do play devil's advocate it is a little bit um, sometimes self-checking and reality checking because some people really need that And to acknowledge that, hey, other people are doing good stuff too. And I think there's other ways we can acknowledge that. But that even the negative ones do have learnings associated with them. So um, don't forget that the learnings that exist in the negative comparisons or the comparisons that aren't necessarily helpful to you um, are actually really helpful. So the ways that I would argue that comparisons are helpful is that they help to structure our goals. So we help, like, as we talked about with the comparing yourself to your future self, they help us identify where we're going to go, how we're going to get there. They also help us to troubleshoot. So work out how we find out things about ourselves. So looking at that past self one, right? So that's the way that they are helpful. If when we talk about unhelpful comparisons, we look at things like body comparisons, um, where we're at in life, money or belongings or job comparisons. And a lot of those things are linked back to social media. And you would have already heard me rant in probably all my podcasts about how bad social media is for mental health. And although I love social media a lot and I waste a lot of time on there, I do think that our comparisons come a lot from the media and especially social media because we only pitch on social media our perfect life and how we're doing everything fabulously and perfectly so be really mindful of that the ones that aren't as positive the comparisons are probably the ways 
that we are um, using that to do the negative aspects of comparison. So some ways that you can stop comparing yourself. So obviously we talked about reframing. Now I haven't spoken a lot about reframing in my podcast yet. And I think that that's because it is such a complex task that I kind of want to have an entire session just to how you reframe stuff for yourself. Um, but some, you can reframe your thoughts. So shift your thinking. Um, if you are interested in stuff like that, I can, um, provide a resource on the website for um, those of you who are interested. You can also reduce some time on social media to stop the influx of those comparisons. As we spoke about, if new comparisons come up, you want to acknowledge them and then shift them away. Um, you could spend some time, more time with your offline friends. So in real life, hang out with people for realsies and taking time for reflection and planning. So that's promoting that comparison of your past and the future self. So that's all from our killer comparisons today. So our types of comparisons, we're comparing yourself to your friendship group or family unit, comparing yourself within your age bracket and comparing yourself with your work colleagues as our more problematic comparisons. And then our good type of comparison was comparing yourself with yourself in both of both past and future sense. Let me know what you thought of this comparison podcast and let me know if you do have any questions about this because I do acknowledge that sometimes comparisons can be quite a complex topic to try and understand and wrap your head around and if you do want any more content go on and flick over to our Instagram page at figjamoz or check us out on TikTok as well have a fabulous day